tell me something. Tell me. Let me know. 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 Check it out. something i don't know good afternoon ladies and gentlemen and welcome to tell me something i don't know with hudson and charlie today we're going to be telling each other things we don't know and we just might change our entire your entire world ladies and gentlemen. i know for a fact we will i have some spectacular cul- culinary facts ahead. nothing but facts about that about food about the way you interact with food about how you eat it how you smell it how oh. you taste it all those kind of cool things so um stay tuned for that. That is so exciting. Well, we'll be playing um, another edition of uh, Urban Dictionary versus Charlie, <laughs> which is a crowd favorite, I've yeah, heard. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be doing some real and fake facts as well, getting Hudson to guess those too. We've got heaps coming up for you, ladies and gentlemen. Heaps. It's going to be a great show. But before we start, I'd like to do an acknowledgement of country. So it acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land that the House of Sin and Studios stand, the Rwandry people of the Kulin Nation. So like I said earlier, this show we're doing today my facts they're all going to be about food and i thought i'd start with a uh simple dish that we are all familiar with maybe tell you something about its history that maybe you don't understand well have, have not know about so okay um it's bacon and eggs bacon and eggs charlie um so it's only relatively been uh, like in it's not as been as a staple american meal as as for as long as you might think mm. um but i was just Maybe would you care to think about how the the delicacy of bacon and eggs potentially came about? Well, I believe, if I'm remembering my history correctly, Mm. that it was two friends. One was called Jacob Bacon and one was called Frederick Eggs. Ah. Um, and they were like like best friends. They were always seen together in parties and people would be like, oh, where's bacon and eggs? Um, And they would always be like, oh, bacon and eggs is hungover. They've gone for breakfast, right? That's what everyone used to say because they were big party animals. Um, And that's how it sort of flourished. And it became known as like a breakfast meal because bacon and eggs, the two guys. Great combination together. Yeah. Mm, mm. Well, you're wrong. Damn it. I like it, though. I like the style points. Um, Actually, um, it's got something to do with Sigmund Freud's nephew. Believe it or not. be good. Believe it or not. Was it also his son? No, I don't think so. Is a Freud, you know... Um, let me continue my story. <laughs> okay. um, so he, like Freud, uh, Sigmund Freud, was really good at using psychology to influence um, people and um, change their outlook on, on things. So um, he approached a packaging company that packaged um, like pork products and bubblegum kind of products, but also had steaks and, and bacon and went to him in the 1920s, went to the company and, and sold himself to be a, one of the people marketing the yep. the, the business. Um, so what he did is he went to um, an international doctor friend of his and asked him whether or not a heavier breakfast might be more beneficial to the American public. Yep. And knowing which way um, his bread was buttered, the doctor confirmed the suspicion. And then um, after that happened he wrote to five other 5000 other doctors asking them to confirm it as well and the study encouraging Americans to eat heavier breakfasts, he then 
sold as bacon and eggs as the heavier breakfast because normally they would eat fruit and oats and other kinds of things. So they were really healthy. Um, yeah, like the doctor <laughs> decides to just... <laughs> to heavier breakfast might be good for the American public, but not specifically bacon or eggs, but they sold oh, it as okay. the heavier breakfast, yeah. like, like toast, eggs, like yeah. beans, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then major newspapers and magazines um, sold it as like a scientific breakthrough. <laughs> so ingenious, so ingenious. So but it's now clever. such a, a staple. This guy is a genius. He also, um, this is an extra um, tidbit. Yep. He um, remarketed the package cake, the packet cake. The packet cake? What so is like a like the instant cake? cake that you can buy these yeah. days, yeah. Oh, yeah. So before, um, as packet cakes evolved, they got to such a stage where you didn't even need to add any extra ingredients. All the ingredients would be in the box already. So um, they would, you would take it out and just add water and put it in the oven, and it'll be ready to go. Mm. But then after they got to that stage, they found like a big drop in sales, and they couldn't figure out why the yeah. nobody was buying these packet cakes anymore. So come he comes along, Sigmund Freud's nephew, <laughs> and he says, um, it's because the people who cook these cakes, the housewives of America, um, they want to feel like they're cooking. They don't want to feel like they're no. like just following instructions. They want to yeah. feel like they're making a cake. So he just said, all you need to do is make the ingredients, say, add one egg. <laughs> and that's uh, it. That's it. <laughs> and then it skyrocketed again. <laughs> Well, I so know they Americans, like they, they do like, like to make their cake and eat them, and usually multiple. They're, mm, big, they're big people, and the bacon and eggs goes along well with that as well, I reckon. Um, so that's my first fact, I think. I think that's a good way to start. You're listening to Tell Me Something I Don't Know, Charlie. Can you please tell me something I don't think I know? That's in the sheer weight of what I know and you don't would uh, fill the South Chinese Sea. Uh uh, what's that line? Seven dot line, nine dot line. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. no. Okay. <laughs> that's a that's an ex that's next episode. Tell me next something episode. I don't know. Okay. Perfect. All right. So the next game we've got a game coming up. Hudson. Uh, we've got Urban Dictionary versus Charlie. Um, so in this game, um, I have looked up Urban Dictionary um, on a certain theme. So we're doing jobs today. Uh, so these are you have to tell me, I'm going to read you off definitions of the certain jobs and you have to tell me if it's from Urban Dictionary or if it's from yours truly Charlie Kenahan your noggin my noggin are you ready I'm always okay first one up is teacher teacher the definition is this caring people who want to help you learn and grow and be ready to go out into the world and be yourself and grow some more and continue growing they really don't. They really do care, but some teens jump to conclusions thinking they don't care because they are being snappy one day out of the year. But what students don't understand is teachers have problems just like the rest of us. They are only human. They cannot be perfect and are in fact not robots. Is that Urban Dictionary or Charlie? This is Urban Dictionary. This is way too intellectual for poor old little Charlie. <laughs> Correct, correct. <laughs> uh, definitely too intellectual for me, and I hate all teachers, yeah. so there you go. And it's false. It's false. It they is, are robots. They are robots, yes. Okay, correct, Hudson. You're one for one, mate. One for one. The next job title is businessman. Mm. So is this definition Urban Dictionary or is this a Charlie? A person who leeches off the talent slash skills of other people who make a living. A person who leeches off... The talents or skills of another person to make a living. Well, it's to true. Make a living. It's true. I feel like Urban Dictionary would skewer this definition a little bit, but I feel like this is very to the point, mm -hmm. very clear and concise, and in line with Charlie's um, outlook on businessmen. So I think this is Charlie. 
Incorrect. Oh. This is, in fact, Urban Dictionary definition. Yes, according to Urban Dictionary, businessmen are people who leech off the talent and skills of others in order to make a living. I really like that one because I agree. <laughs> and that's what I would have written. So, cheer, good to Urban so Dictionary. So, it's kind of right then. Yeah, it's kind of right. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of right. Next one. You are, you are uh, one for one. At the, mm. No, one for two at the moment. All right, next one is lawyer. Urban Dictionary or Charlie. Blood sucking, blood leaching, and most likely not blood donating pests. Blood donating pests that can't even get you off a public urination charge. I mean, seriously, <laughs> how hard is it? The difference between indecent and decent exposure is only two letters. It's true. This is such a travesty. Um, Lawyers just aren't good enough. That's the real thing. I c- yeah. But I do remember a story of you being arrested for indecent exposure, Charlie. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up on air in front of all the people listening. You're but sullying my good name, <laughs> sir. Um, this is you. This is you. I feel like the first two were not you. This one is you. Correct. This mm. is a Charlie. I believe that lawyers are blood sucking, blood leaching, most likely not blood donating pests that can't get you off public urination charges. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how hard is it? The difference between indecent and decent exposure is only two letters. That's a great definition, though. That's a fantastic definition. Thank you. I think I might add that to yeah, Urban Dictionary. I think you should. All right, next one is comedian. Comedian. Is this Urban Dictionary or is this a Charlie? It's harder than it looks, so please... Would it kill you to laugh once in a while? You don't even have to mean it. I beg you. Urban Dictionary or Charlie? <laughs> like it, it's not describing anything. It's a, it's a plea. It's a, it's a desperate plea. Um, it's harder is... than it looks, so please, it would, would it kill you to laugh once in a while? You don't even have to mean it. I beg you. And there's three exclamation marks after I beg you. This is Urban Dictionary, I think. This is a Charlie. Oh, this no. is a Charlie. This is one of I my known. better I felt works. It in my bones. I think, yeah. I am. You are. You're two for two for four. Are you fifty percent? You're not going too bad. Not going too bad. Just two more left. Two okay, more left. I can come back. You can come back. Bus driver. Very topical, considering I was on the bus all day today. <laughs> Someone who makes a jerking, shaking motion with a semi-closed hands, as if they're giving a hand job in between another person's legs without them knowing. I don't want to ask you to repeat it. I think that is uh, Urban Dictionary. That is too, that is too profoundly unethical to come out of Charlie's brain. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. That is an Urban Dictionary definition, and I'd like to apologise to all our listeners for hearing me say the word hand job. It was hard for me to say it, and I'm glad we're past it now. I was really was not looking forward to that. Okay, last one, Hudson. You are uh, three for five. So um, if you've missed this, you draw with me. <laughs> All right. The next one is radio presenter. Uh. Radio presenter. Now, is this definition an urban dictionary or is it a Charlie? Persons or people devoid of prospect, rampant of time, depleted in wit and vacant in any ambition, mirth or vitality. Also good looking. This is you because I feel like it's a jab at me as a person. <laughs> that was the intention. And then you just wanted to like kind of round it out at the end there with um, a last compliment. But the rest, you mean everything you said. 
Correct. <laughs> I do mean Hudson, in my opinion, you are a person or people devoid of prospect, rampant of time, depleted in wit and vacant in any ambition, mirth or vitality. But you're also good looking. Yeah. But, so, uh, but uh, I also you like you, you said people or persons so that it also can apply to you. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I was, yeah, I was on the way over here. I thought, uh, yeah, <laughs> it applies to both. So of I us, win. Let's be I win the game. You win. Congratulations, Hudson. You are four from six. That is a very impressive. I'm number. street smart. You're very Urban street smart. smart. Uh, I believe you on the writing stuff of Urban Dictionary, though. So I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah. Well, I did the definition of sawada. Would you like to hear that one? As he rampantly runs to the computer to look it up. All right. I would love to hear the definition of Sawada. Okay. Have you not heard this? I swear I haven't um, told you this before. Sorry. No, you haven't. uh, Urban Dictionary. Okay, here we go. So, Sawada, a super cool last name. Not many people in the world have a cool last name such as Sawada. It also sounds like a snack food you might find in your lunchbox. <laughs> and then it says, Hudson Sawada is a cool name. Yum, I love Saladas. <laughs> <laughs> people don't know, Sawada is Hudson's surname. So, yeah, that's why I remember writing that. that in like a really young year when I first found Urban Dictionary and realized that could have an impact on the way words are understood around the world. Mate, you should be on a radio show and talk about it. Oh, wait. It's perfect. I was wondering, Hudson, mm-hmm. um, can you tell me something I don't know? Yeah, so this fact, well, this story, this tale, this legend oh, is about this the very common household ingredient, salt and pepper. Salt so and pepper. I wonder if you could just maybe give me your idea about potentially the how salt and pepper became such a household icon of staple like culinary I thought everyone knew that it's because um, it was a business merger between uh, Mr. Salt's company and Mr. Pepper's company very similar to Mr. Bacon and and Mr. Eggs Um, and it was a merger made in heaven and they decided to package it together because uh, they could make twice uh, the amount of money um, in half the amount of time I don't know how that maths works but Um, that's what I'm going for Mr. Salt and Mr. Pepper company merger I feel like you need to come up with better stories. I thought it would be funny to refer back. Oh, you're playing a long game. Yeah. Okay, yeah, good, good, yeah. good. Okay, I get you. Okay, we'll save the punchline for later because I'm sure it'll get funny. I'll work on later. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's it's actually, it goes back a long time, as you might imagine. So salt um, has been a staple for dishes for you know, thousands of years just mm-hmm. because of its um, properties. It's like a very important thing in your body, um, like chemically, and it also can be used to preserve meats and, and different dishes before refrigeration. Yep. Um, and so it was used through chefs for throughout a lot of time. And um, believe it or not, salt and um, sweet dishes were often um, like given out at the same time. It was only until like French uh, chefs started doing a salt meal to like appetite appetize you for a sugary meal um which which i think is interesting so normally like before then it used to dessert dessert, you have whatever food you wanted at the same time steak that's only because of french style food that we now have salt and then dessert like savory and then dessert anyway that's a side uh that was in the 17th century so it wasn't even that long ago well how long 500 years is that 500 years let's go with that yeah no not even no yeah a couple couple hundred okay but then pepper is the more interesting one because there's so many other spices that could be like used as your tabletop mm-hmm. kind of cuisine like paprika like saffron. saffron um all these kinds of 
that are also equally Meat? as delicious. Yeah, but like things that you could shake and, and spices that you could um, add to any dish. But KFC? The 11. Yeah. 11 11 spices. Well, yeah, well, we, I guess. But it's funny how pepper became like the staple of all kind of tabletop spice. Yeah. Um, so originally it was always like a very sought after expensive um, kind of cuisine because it was very expensive to like travel, like to, 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 to ship off and it was often like a gift to like people so it was always like seen as like a, a very royal like yeah. high class kind of addition to a meal because mm-hmm. um, it came it came from asia or thailand and vietnam and it would come over um to eastern cuisine and was said to like cure different illnesses or whatever like they would make up these stories about it, its properties um and uh it was it like became so prevalent in like Roman uh, kind of meals and um, those kind of things that once the um, the Rome was sacked, the 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 group who sacked it demanded for three thousand pounds of pepper as their ransom. Um, so that was how prevalent it was in the fifth century, um, and it was used as a form of currency and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then throughout history, it was used all over and like India, Mediterranean food and Italian food. And that's mainly in Italian food where it paid the big prominent kind of thing, yeah. um, where it was used in so many Italian dishes um, and it, the Italian dominated food market um, kind of spread it around into different places. And then it kind of stuck with us, you know? Um, I think that's the most of the history. It's fascinating. Yeah, Where it do is. You it's stand super interesting. Like I was, it took me a long time to get behind pepper because it's got like that very like, like powdery, bittery kind of yeah. vibe going for it. But I can definitely, you can definitely see the subtlety working super well in like pastas or like steak meals or um, that kind of thing. Um, but salt, just like oh, salt. everything. See, I don't believe in pepper. You don't believe it exists, or I you just don't believe it. I just don't believe in it. I don't it. believe it exists. What would you substitute for your pepper? I would just do paprika, and that's mm. it. And I don't even know what paprika is. That's how much I don't like pepper. Okay, let's change things. <laughs> let's change it. You hear it here first. Paprika instead of pepper. Let's do it. Hashtag paprika. <laughs> Charlie, though, can you please tell me something that I don't think I know that Call you might know mate. that you think you could tell me, and I would then know. No problem at all, buddy. No problem at all. We've got part one now coming up of Real or Fake. Uh, the theme for Real or Fake this week is facts, because I need to tell you things you don't know, and facts are generally a good Facts just to like start. broad These strokes, facts. general facts. Okay, facts about life. Facts about life. Okay, you have gotcha. to tell me uh, if the following facts are yours truly, Charlie's, or if they're real, and they're out there and they exist. Fact number one. According to Switzerland's laws, social animals such as guinea pigs must have a buddy with them. Owning only one is considered animal abuse and is illegal. Which country? Switzerland. This is true. Switzerland are very ahead of their times. They're very wise. (laughs) They're very uh, animal and uh, emotionally savvy. So I would say this is true. True. Correct. Correct. This is real. Well, uh, of well. course, they have a law stopping people from only having one guinea pig because guinea pigs need friends. Um, that's really... I had no idea. That was, I, re- I wish wow, I had great. that law for Charlie's everywhere. No wonder guinea pigs are so sad. On behalf of Charlie's, <laughs> yeah. I can, I can, this law would be very handy for <laughs> yeah. us if we had to legally have friends. It would be fantastic. <laughs> okay, fact two. The name Brian 
is, des- is derived from the Latin term brinitanium, used to describe brine-like metals. What? <laughs> the name Brian is derived from the Latin term brinitanium, used to describe brine-like metals. I don't know what brine-like metals are. What can you tell me? Something that's a brine-like metal? Um, coal. Coal is not a metal. No, no. Um, I don't know. I don't like know what brittle? brine-like metals are. I don't know oh, what they okay, are. Okay, right, right, this right. This is just right, a fact. Okay, you're just you're not. I'm not. You're not a mess. I'm not shooting the messenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say that this is a true fact. Incorrect. Oh. This is made up by me. Brine is not derived from the term brine-itanium used to describe brine-like metals. I don't even know if brine-like metals a, exist. Un, they definitely don't. You just made that up. I made that up completely. Oh. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, every, number three. Every time a baby girl is born in an Indian village of Pipalantiri, the residents come together to plant 111 trees in her honour. That is great. I love that idea. That sounds. That has to. I love it so much. It has to be true. Uh, that, that's how, how cool is that? Because then, as you grow up, you see these like forests grow up as you grow. That's so cool. This is true. Correct. This is true. Every single little baby girl gets one hundred and eleven trees. Oh, is it only girls? Yeah, only girls. Oh. The guys get one hundred eleven burnt trees. <laughs> they burn down, they burn down a girl's trees. trees. Yeah. <laughs> In order to keep it even, they don't. But that's what they should do. Um, okay, number four. A couple more before we go to the next song. Every year on August 5th, the Mars Curiosity rover celebrates the anniversary of its arrival by singing the happy birthday song to itself, all alone on Mars by itself. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I know this is true. <laughs> Correct, this is true. This is true. Oh, the rover the sings picture. it to himself. But it's so happy. The rover is such a happy creature. Yeah. And it always, it always has somebody thinking about it. Yeah, or, or driving it. Or We're like thinking talking, about it right like, now. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, very, it's, it's, it's not alone. It's out really there. sweet. I can just mm. imagine it just cruising along. Happy birthday! Amazing. All right, number five. The Hubble Tate Space Telescope contains a full CD recording of the soundtrack of a 2001 Space Odyssey as an ode to the exploratory and cutting-edge nature of the Stanley Kubrick masterpiece. I don't think this is true. I don't think this is true. I feel like that would be a bad omen because you know what happens at the end of... Well, I guess at the end of 2001, they become interdimensional space beings. Exactly. Um, so maybe it is good luck. And then they NASA also folks have six sense of humors, you know? Yeah, they do. They do. Something so they would do. But now you're trying to throw me off. So I think this is not true. Correct. It is false. <laughs> That's a great fact, The though. Hubble Taste Spells does not have a full city recording of a 2001 Space Odyssey. I made up that fact because every show we've done, you've mentioned that movie. So I thought we'd keep the theme going. <laughs> it's not even my favourite movie. I know, I but know. you mentioned it's it all the good time. Topping, it's a good talking point. All right, two more and then we'll do a song. Okay, let's do it. Number six. The probability of you drinking a glass of water that contains a molecule of water that also passed through a dinosaur is almost 100%. That's true. It's like the fact that we're space dust. You know, It puts things in perspective how... how uh, we are just moving bits of dust through the universe, Charlie. Correct, Hudson. We are moving <laughs> bits of dust through the universe. But also, if you're drinking water, there is almost 100% chance uh, that you will be drinking a molecule that has passed through a dinosaur. 
which is incredible if you really think about it. Um, number seven, sort of in the same theme, the probability you drink a beer that contains a molecule of beer that has passed through an Irishman is also nearly 100%. <laughs> this is a true fact. <laughs> this is a fake fact. This is a Charlie. Yes, Hudson, you're right. It is a Charlie. I did make that one up. Um, but the dinosaur thing is completely true. How I love that fact. That? That's really cool. Um, the name of the show is Tell Me Something I Don't Know. And what we do is um, we talk to each other and we tell each other things we don't know. And that's exactly what we're going to do right now. Wow. It's so exciting. Wow, indeed. <laughs> um, Tatsun, my friend, my enemy, tell me something I don't know. Um, just as a, as, as a warning, I did get my soundboard up again. So oh, we're going to no. be playing with that for Those this Those who missed this last moment. episode, the soundboard was an absolute disaster. <laughs> we had complaints on the, on, the, on the social media. It was just, we nearly got kicked off. Sin nearly shut down. It was just an absolute disaster. But Hudson thought we'd bring it back. I like it, Huddy. Yeah, cool. Well, we'll have a bit of a play. So we're about to play a game, though. So on the culinary um, uh, theme, you have to guess. I'm going to give you four, just the description of four meals and then four countries. You have to tell me which country corresponds to which meal. Okay. Okay. So the first um, meal is fried tarantulas. The second meal is fertilized duck embryo egg. Mm-hmm. So the duck, there's a baby duck in the egg. Okay. Um, the third meal is um, fermented or rotting shark that's been buried for six months. My favorite. And the last one is extract of beer barrels and the country extract of beer barrels so like the so the, the leftovers like liquidized wood basically well, no, 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 well, not the barrel itself the, the okay. extract that's left in the barrel after the beer brewing process right, yeah. okay. um, and the countries are Cambodia the Philippines Iceland and Australia alright so I'm just going to get the first one out of the way the shark is Iceland because Iceland, you know, they love water. They All they do is talk about and eat fish. I've been there. It's ridiculous. We get it. You like fish. Let it go. Um, so that's got to be the shark one, the fermented shark can, whatever it is. Is ice? Yes. Is that right? Yes. 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 Okay. Cool, cool. All right. So um, the egg. I reckon, what are the countries again? So we've got the Philippines and Cambodia and Australia left. The duck embryo. I reckon that's. I reckon that's the Philippines. The I duck reckon, embryo is the Philippines. Yeah, I reckon the duck embryo is the Philippines. I just think that they're the type of people. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but if the egg's a bit too far gone, they're not going to put it out to waste. They're just going to eat the bad boy. Well, it's not. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You're right, but <laughs> but it's um your description is wrong. So that it's actually like a cuisine. Like they would they would fertilize, get these eggs to be fertilized, and then eat the duck. And it has like crunchy bits, and obviously because there's like different bits of the duck has grown. Yeah. Um. It's I I feel bad ripping on different countries' meals, but it doesn't sound very delicious. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't sound, sound and looks dis dis gross as well. Ooh. So you have two more left, and that that the fertilized duck embryo is called blout blout yeah okay um so what so have i got you've left you've got the fried tarantulas and extractive beer brewing process and the countries are australia and, and cambodia cambodia okay we don't have tarantulas in australia 
so that's got to be the other country. What did we say? Ethiopia. Uh, uh, Cambodia. Cambodia. Yeah, Tarantulas, Cambodia. All I do is win, 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 win. Yes! <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. you got it. <laughs> and the beer barrel is Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know what the beer barrel meal I'm talking about no. is? No. It's what? Vegemite. Oh, <laughs> 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 no way. <laughs> like a like oh, an early version yeah, of Vegemite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and no fried way. tarantulas is called aping. A ping, um, a and ping. that's a Cambodian delicacy where they deep fry these um, tr- tarantulas. So, so you I'm did, four you did four. so well. I'm made for this. You got any more for me? <laughs> You're so good. That's You're so the best. Woo! <laughs> 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 uh, well done, Charlie. Well done. You won my game. Um, Charlie, please. Can you tell me something that you know that I do not? Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> Okay, I just thought I'd hang you out to dry there and see how you'd react. Um, okay, so we're back, ladies and gentlemen, playing Real or Fake. Um, today's theme was fact. Uh, we just did a bunch. Hudson's doing pretty well, but now we've got the second half, part two, coming up right now. Hudson, number eight. Owls keep little snakes as pets. Oh. <sighs> I feel like Do owls, are... owls keep little snakes as pets? Real or fake, ladies and gentlemen? You have to guess whether I've made this up or this, or whether or not it is a real fact. Owls are very wise, very perceptive yep. creatures. And I can imagine them seeing the potential security benefit that live snakes might bring to their <laughs> family. To the table. <laughs> um, however, I also see that it could potentially be a double-edged sword. But this is too. Snake could turn on them at any point. Yeah. Yeah. They like to. They live on the edge. Yeah. These 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 owls. So I feel like this is a true story. Correct. This is true. Owls do keep little snakes as pets. That's pretty cool. Adorable. I think they keep like relatively small snakes. It's what not like a big they grow anaconda. And then they become part of the family. No, there's snakes that are small. Oh. Yeah. That, oh. Yeah. So they're not baby snakes. They're no, they're just, just, like just small, snakes. small snakes. Yeah, like little tree snakes and right. stuff like okay, that. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, they become part of the family. They feed them, you know, they bath them, all that jazz. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. Don't quote me on that. Okay, number nine. Number nine. Politicians mix up Slovakia and Slovenia so often <laughs> that the embassy employees meet every month to exchange wrongly <laughs> addressed mail. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. I love that fact. That is uh, 100% true. Surely. Yes, that oh is true. Oh, my God, that is amazing. All over the world, they mix up Slovakia and Slovenia so much that the employees have to meet up every month and exchange oh, the wrongly adjusted mail. There's so much how wrongly adjusted mail. Do you know how far away those two places are from each other? They're, they're relatively close. Okay, right, right, right. Um, but their names are different. They yeah. just start with S. Like, <laughs> B. Trump did that. Speaking Ooh. of which, the next fact. Donald Trump recently confused Switzerland with Finland, later correcting himself and saying, oh, what does it matter? They both like fish. Um, hmm. Well, we did have a fish segment before, but that was Iceland. Mm-hmm. We talked about Iceland dehydrated fish. And you were very like keen on the fish fact. Like That was your first guess. So I think you're in the fish mine I mode. Mean- I so do then, know a lot about fish. <laughs> so then, um, I feel like this is a Charlie fact. It's a, this is it, it's very tricky to tell though because I can definitely see those words coming out. But that 
It's very not nice to say as well. So I think this is not true. Correct, this is false. Donald Trump did not recently confuse Switzerland with Finland, correcting himself later saying, oh, what does it matter? They both like fish. He wouldn't have corrected himself. They would have just <laughs> shot a nuclear missile. They asked them to change their names. <laughs> yeah. All right, number 11, you're doing pretty good. It rains liquid gold on Pluto. Well, gold is just one element. Is it the whole, is it the whole thing? Is That's it. Else? Okay, yeah. all right. Well, gold is just like one element. It's um, so I can't imagine it's that obscure for it to be created, you know. Um, but I don't. It would have to be so hot because it have to be make the 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 gold molten. So I think this. I think this is true. I think this is true. This is fake. Oh. This is made up by me. It does not rain one. liquid gold on Pluto. Oh, oh, I thought you said it had once or it does. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, okay. I'm saying it doesn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I made it up. Okay. Yeah. Right. Perfect. Cool. Hudson. I'm glad he's listening. <laughs> yeah. um, number 12. It rains diamonds on Saturn and Jupiter. <laughs> this has because <laughs> diamonds, I think, is just um, carbon, I think, like really and a certain refinement or pressure state so this was i think this is true correct this is true yes. uh they do yeah it is it's solid carbon it's just compressed to such a state which right. creates diamonds cool. um and it does yeah it does rain diamonds on saturn and jupiter which is pretty crazy if you're in the market for diamonds well this is a whole other thing but diamonds is a fake commodity i'm just gonna say it you heard it here first they fluctuate the price of diamonds to make them feel like they're so rare and expensive when they really are very common you heard it here underground and nation. Segway, segway, Se super quick. So the guy I was talking about, Sigmund Freud's nephew, was the one who remarketed the diamond ring as a wedding item. What? what he, this man has his yeah, sticky little fingers he, everywhere. He does. He he. Diamonds were not being sold as a commodity often enough, and they were losing a lot of money. And he made it become: if you want to tell your wife that you love her, you have to buy her diamonds. Otherwise, you're worthless. But that was him. You know a lot about this man. Does this guy have a name, or is he just Sigmund Freud's nephew? No, he's got a name, but I don't have it. <laughs> okay. I like him being Sigmund Freud's nephew better. Nice. All right. Okay, another one. When the weather is just right. It rains cats and dogs during puppy parades. <laughs> uh, well, if it was going cats and dogs, the saying, like it rains heavily. And when the weather was just right, I guess it can rain heavily. So, yes. Correct. <laughs> this is true. I, although I did make this up, uh, it is true. Yeah, it is another way of saying it rains heavily. I thought I'd get you, slip you up there, thinking <laughs> it would be actual cats and dogs. It wasn't. Well done. You are absolutely tearing it up. Okay, next one. A couple more left, ladies and gentlemen. Cleopatra was alive closer to the invention of the iPhone than the construction of the Great Pyramids. Wow, that is an amazing fact. But I surely it can't be closer to... Oh, but the pyramids are one of the the earliest like I, like icons left of that like thousands of years ago, I think they were built. So I'm going to say yes, closer to the iPhone. Correct. It's true. Cleopatra was alive closer to the invention of the iPhone than she was the construction That's of the Great really Pyramids. That's really cool. Which is absolutely insane. If you played Assassin's Creed Origins, you would know that. <laughs> Um, that's not where I got it from, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry, I did my research. Number 15, two more left, Huddy. Two more left, you're doing very well. I got this. Napolitana ice cream was named after Napoleon. 
Yes. Incorrect. No. Not true. I made that one up. That's but I have heard that before. Mm. Um, but yeah, completely not true. Not named after. It's just Nap- Napolitano is an Italian word. Um, is it supposed to be like a flag, do you think? Or is it just... I'm not sure. I think it's just a variety of colours. Right, but right, nothing right, at yeah. all to do with Napoleon. That's a shame. Yeah, very much a shame. Okay, 16. Last question. This is the decider. Mario hits the blocks with his hand, <laughs> not his head. He does. He punch, He jumps up with his hand in the air. He punches him with his hand. Correct. Mario does hit the blocks with his hand. He said, Hudson, I think you won, mate. I think I did super well. You, you don't want to ask me. You win this trophy, this beautifully questions. handcrafted trophy <laughs> that I made today. Wow, look at that. I know. That's it's, amazing. It's, it's made of solid places, gold and diamonds. And diamonds from Saturn and <laughs> Jupiter. <laughs> Special, special. I wish you guys could all see this trophy that Charlie is definitely not making it's up. It's very light. Um, um, I'm going to tell you, well, a little bit of a story um, uh, about uh, the metal eating man. And um, have you heard about this man, Charlie? No, I have not, Hudson. So his name is uh, Michael Lito, Lotito. Um, and he's a French entertainer. And I want you to, I'm going to give you a list of things that he's eaten. And um, I want you to guess how many of that item he's eaten. So he's he was known for eating huge amounts of metal and glass and rubber. Mm-hmm. And he would disassemble them and cut them up and consume them. And then he um, won the brass plaque by the Guinness World Records to commemorate his abilities. And then he ate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he ate the plaque. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how many bicycles did he eat? Oh, uh, it's got to be... And is this one sitting? Or is this... Like in his lifetime. And he died when he was 57. Am I able to know like how he eats it before? So, yeah, he would like break the pieces up into edible chunks. So he would like remove the tire and cut pieces of the rubber out. Or he would like take apart pieces of the metal and, and devour um, little tiny, bouts, tiny bite-sized pieces. Ah. Oh. All right, so in that case, one, one, one. One bicycle. 50, 50, 50, 50 bicycles. That's a big guess. He ate 18. 18? 18 bicycles, yeah. 18 bicycles. How many um, televisions? Insane. Televisions. Oh, televisions are a breeze. Um, I myself have eaten four. Um, I reckon seven, seven. You're correct. Seven, seven. televisions. Oh. But televisions have so many different parts in them. There must be so many different flavors. Yeah, it would be. They're quite nice. Yeah, lots of glass, they're rubber, quite tasty, metal. Yeah. yeah. How many um, pixels? Pixels are really good. <laughs> How many beds has he eaten? How many beds? Yeah. Look, it gets to the point where you you couldn't have him in your house because every time he he stayed in the guest bedroom, he like he would eat the bed, buy chunks off it. it would just he's such a rude guest. Um. Eight. Only two. That was a bit of a trick question. Only but I'm going to go with this one. How many planes has he eaten? Oh, <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Wait, are you talking light aircraft or like a bus, like Airbus 7360s? Like, 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 like a four-man aircraft. Okay, light aircraft. Um, one. He did eat one plane. This man has eaten a plane. It took him two years. But he ate a plane. So he eats like little bits of the plane every yeah, day. Yeah, so he disassemble them, cut them up, and eat them. Does he like the taste? Does he? Does He's they... an entertainer. 
Oh, so they, I think just he, go all the way through. So he does it in public a lot of the time, and he and it's a way. Um, I think he's the, the the muscle strength of his body can force it down to be dissolved in the stomach. To be you not know? dissolved, you, surely not dissolved. Well, you can't dissolve metal in your body, can you? Maybe potentially parts of it, or maybe soften it up for oh, it to then leave. leave um, speaking of which, I've got one more tidbit I'll throw in here for you. Okay. How long does chewing gum stay in your body for? I believe it's approximately till the end of time, as my mum would say. Yeah, it's um, actually not true. The not true. myth is seven years, seven but it really years. goes pretty much just out with regular food. So you can swallow gum. It's not great to swallow lots of mouth because it doesn't dissolve in the same way that regular food does. All like the colors and flavoring dissolve, but the little synthetic rubbery part that yeah. stops it dissolving in your mouth does not get broken down in your stomach, but it just comes out of your bum bum. Where, oh, when you just eat your next meal. Yeah, just like. Oh, so they gets, don't just sit there and sit there. And sit no, there. no, it just gets swept out with all because your body realizes that this is just junk that it doesn't need, and it just gets rid of it. Ejects, eject that stuff. Oh, out so of you. it theoretically could stay into seven years before, it, but it doesn't. It no. stays like a day. Oh yeah, like it wouldn't be broken down. Like but your body doesn't break down the the rubbery part of it. Like the like it breaks down uh, most of it, and there's a little bit left. Like see, I always thought like if part. you if you swallowed enough, like half your stomach would just be. If you swallow with... enough, it's really bad because it does get clogged up. Like it would get clogged up. But if you're just swallowing like a piece of gum, like if you're just having a meal or something, I wouldn't stress too much about it at all. For children, it's a little bit more different. You yeah. know, if small children. Um, but yeah, so don't stress. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. However, we're not, though, we're not endorsing the swallowing of chewing gum. Well, I do. However, though, <laughs> the fact that you eat seven spiders when you're sleeping in your lifetime is true. That's a true fact. Say that again. So when you're sleeping... Um, the average person eats, swallows seven spiders seven while you're asleep. Seven spiders? Yeah, because you Every sleep with night? your mouth open. That is a lot. No, no, over your lifetime. Oh, so they just crawl into your mouth. Yeah, and you eat them. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's just another urban legend. <laughs> I think that about up our show. You completely had it. I, I was just about to tell everyone I knew that. <laughs> yeah. That changed my whole world. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening so much for the show, guys. Um, you're listening to Tell Me Something I Don't Know with Hudson and Charlie. It was really fun. It was a really fun day. I learned a lot. I learned so much. Um, I feel like I feel enriched. I feel like I, my soul feels better, if that's possible. Um, I feel I feel like this show burdens the weight of life for me. I feel like we're doing God's work here. I feel like we are <laughs> doing things that are bettering Bettering Human people, civilization. I feel um, like. If you want us, Australians of the Year, I think nomination <laughs> coming up for us. Um, so if you like what you're listening, we've got going to have this um, up on a podcast on Omni and hopefully iTunes very soon, where you can listen to all our shows. Um, we're going to have shows coming up later on, so mm-hmm. stay tuned to our Facebooks. Add us on Facebook if you want to have a listen. My name's Hudson Sawada. I'm with Charlie Kinahan, um, and you're listening to Sin Nation with Tell Me Something. I, I don't, don't know. Tell me something. Keep going, boy. Put on jazz love. Tell me something I don't know.